Heidi, Heidi, ho, it's off to podcasting we go. Chief end next episode. I actually need to pull up the podcasting app to remind myself which episode we are on. I think we're getting close to episode 20, maybe. Maybe have we even gone over episode 20? Um, Let me look. Where are you at, Chief End? C-H-I-E-F-E-N-D. Chief End. A podcast exploring the... Oh, there's another one! These, These cheaters. Chief End. Biblical teaching made specifically for my beautiful wife. All right, copycat, plagiarizer. Um, episode two, Romans, Paul's authority. All right, yeah. Anytime I see authority as it relates to anyone other than the Lord God Almighty, I'm a little suspicious. Talk about judging a book by its cover or a podcast by its iTunes avatar. Uh, there's the Real Chief End podcast right there. Um, episode 19. Oh yeah, look, last time we looked at Carl Lentz's APAC. So this is episode 20, a big milestone um, in Chief, the official Chief End podcast, not that uh, second-rate knockoff. <laughs> I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I've never listened to it. I don't know. Um, just know that it's the Chief End podcast with the uh, nice... The, the 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 modern design um his design is has you know a picture of an old like uh pharisaical cathedral you know mine has like it, i don't know it's kind of like abstract hellfire I, I have no idea or maybe it's abstract burning bush um with a little like abstract airplane slash arrow pointing heavenward uh anyway that's the one we're looking for the official chief end podcast not not uh the plagiarizers although who am i kidding i plagiarized the catechism from four or five hundred years ago so we're all just plagiarizing there's nothing new under the sun um but episode 20 episode 20 i'm calling this thing awe awe not aa not ahh just awe awe comma Reverse birth, comma, matching femurs. <laughs> oh, I love podcasting, and I love the English language. English language, ah, comma, reverse birth, comma, matching femurs. Um, ah, I think I've shared this before, if not on this podcast, to someone in person, um, that the church is in dire need of, of awe. We need to reestablish, rediscover awe. Um, everything has become so mechanistic, so duplicatable, so cookie cutter-ish, that we don't have any awe in the church. You know, it's, oh, the Bible's the owner's manual for living. And if you got an oil leak in your life, then you just got to open up the right page and tighten up those seals and uh, you'll, you'll, stop, you'll, you'll stop up that oil leak. Maybe you're dripping some radiator fluid today. And uh, yeah, if you let that radiator drip go too long, you're going to have to replace your whole gosh darn engine. So now let's look at what Paul the Apostle said about radiator fluid. Um, apparently that's how modern day pastors speak. <laughs> 
So let's look at the definition. Since since words supposedly mean things, right? Uh, ah, A-W-E. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. They gazed in awe at the small mountain of diamonds. Wow, way to like even neuter awe, Google. Stupid dictionary. Really? Awe? We're going to look at a small mountain of diamonds? That's how we're going to... I mean, seriously, even our culture doesn't understand awe. A small mountain of diamonds. Oh, man, I just... I want to quit. Throw my iPhone out the window. Um, okay, this is a little bit better. Inspire with awe. They were both awed by the vastness of the forest. That's a little bit better than being... They gaze in awe at the small mountain of diamonds. How do you know they're not cubic zirconium? Maybe you're getting played. Maybe you're getting taken to the cleaners. Uh, maybe somebody pulled a fast one on you like Danny Ocean and switched them out and you're getting fake ones. And you're going to throw them in the dumpster at the end. Le Fleur, or whatever that French guy's name was that got cheated at the end of Ocean's 13 or 14 or 15 and a half or whatever Ocean's that was in where he parachuted off the CGI'd helipad of Al Pacino's grandiose hotel startup with fake diamonds. Um, so, wow, even our culture doesn't understand awe. We've reduced awe, wonder, and amazement to staring at a small mountain of diamonds. That's just, that's just, that's just depressing. Like, I, I thought that the, I thought the dictionary would, would hook me up here. Um, but it didn't. It didn't. Man, no wonder the church is so lousy at the moment. Just following the culture down the gutter. Um, but yeah, ah, we need to restore, we need to re rekindle, rediscover, uh, we need to inject awe into our Christian faith. And instead of looking at the usage that they share of, of gazing in awe at a small mountain of diamonds, we're going to look at the actual definition of feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. And I think as you read through the scripture, it becomes pretty apparent that awe is almost a prerequisite for being um, part of true Israel, so to speak, part of being a I hate saying this, a true Christian. It's such a, I, yeah, I don't even know if I want to say that, but um, it's part of being a, a vibrant Christian who's in relation with the living God. Um, you know, everything from Moses, the awe that Moses experienced with the burning bush, with, you know, God's presence passing by him and just the, the backside of God's presence you know, almost killing Moses, um, the awe that they experienced seeing the Red Sea part, the awe they saw with the plagues, the awe that they expressed at God's mercy uh, through saving a remnant through Noah's Ark, um, you know, the awe of marching around the city and seeing the walls fall down. I mean, all this, all these acts that God, that are recorded in the Old Testament that God uh, did for his people Israel, there is a consistent thread of awe involved in that. Even when you move into the more, uh, you know, less historical accounts and more kind of universal accounts of God's uh, character in, in relation to creation, you know, you read in Psalms, David marveling, you know, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You knew me in my hidden parts. Uh, you know, he, he, he meditates and, and opines on the fact that 
regardless of where I go, you're with me, God, uh, marveling at his omnipresence. Um, the heavens declare the wonder of God. You read through Job 38, 39, and 40 when God is questioning Job, you know, and God is sarcastically and sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever, sarcastically asking, questioning, rhetorically questioning Job. Do you know where the lightning bolts come from? Are you there? Do you command them? Do they go forth? Do you know where these animals get their food from? Are you able to tell the waves, stop, this far shall you come and no further? I mean, we've got, if you live within, if you live within 50 miles of an ocean, drive to the coast and watch the waves and be in awe. Google, why did you reduce awe to a pile of diamonds? Oh my goodness. Like I'm looking at these, these psychopathic seagulls right now. I mean, I'm in awe. I, I tell our kids the theology of birds. Anytime we see birds, I say, you know what? Anytime you see birds, you need to think the theology of birds. And they go, oh, okay. And actually my daughter texted me last weekend. She was hanging out with her friends on an island here in the Tampa Bay area. And she texted me, she goes, hey dad, what was the point of the theology of birds? And I texted her back, the, the passage out of Matthew, you know, when you consider the birds of the air, they neither labor nor toil, yet your heavenly father uh, provides for them, feeds them. Are you not of much more worth than these? Um, there are so many things that we should be in awe of in creation. Um, and if, if we just limited it to the world itself, we'd have enough stuff to be in awe of for the rest of our lives. But the more scientific discoveries we make through telescopes and space exploration and calculations of the universe and different things, the, the awe just exponentially takes off on us. And we should have so much awe bursting out of our hearts that we can't contain it. Um, yet we stare at our four and a half inch screens and we fantasize about having a, a small mountain of diamonds on our dining room table that may or not may or may not be authentic. I mean, it's, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. And then we turn it into fixing radiator leaks in our life and oh yeah, you got a clogged toilet. You know, it's kind of like your heart. You got to get the old plunger in there, get the plunger of the Holy Spirit in there and really get the town, break up that clog. Uh, I mean, really, really, I mean, if you're viewing the Bible as being a stinking owner's manual for a Ford Taurus, like, what are we doing? A grand marquee? That's the scripture. That's the scripture is a Mercury grand marquee's owner's manual. When the wood paneling begins to fade, uh, it means that you need to take it and apply some carnauba wax and, uh, maybe even break out a brown Sharpie and kind of duplicate the pattern of the wood and that applies to your marriage i mean come on people there's awe which is why the first word in this particular podcast title is awe we need some of it we need a lot of it and the longer that we persist individually and as a church in not having it um the more flaccid and ineffectual and sickly and lame the church is going to be. Because awe, in my estimation, is the fuel of having a vibrant relationship with the Lord God Almighty. I mean, holy, holy, holy. Look at Isaiah. They fell down before him. Holy, holy, holy. You look through accounts of 
Jesus interacting with people, uh, people falling down before him, the, the, the demons that he cast out of the pigs, you know, pleading with him, please, you know, don't, don't do with us today. Don't, don't judge us today. Do something else with us. And, or no, he cast them out of the man and they ran into the pigs. That's a little, I, I twisted that story around. Um, the disciples after the resurrection are recorded as saying, was that not the Christ? Did not our bosoms burn within us? And no, that's not a defense for Mormonism. Um, but you get the, kind of the picture. We're dealing with an infinite God who became human flesh, dwelt among us, was crucified, becoming sin for us, was died, buried for three days, rose from the dead and ascended back into heaven. And we're going to fantasize about a miniature mountain of diamonds on our dining room table, which may or may not be cubic zirconium. Let's get our, let's get our awe category straightened out, people. Our awe category has been severely, severely. <laughs> our awe category has been severely hijacked by the devil himself. Um, we've got to reinstitute awe in our Christianity. We just have to. And I'm going to go somewhere which I never thought I would go. Um, I'm going to Hillsong United. What? Brandon, what has happened? You've lost your reformed moorings. <laughs> and that's an inside joke, which two people will get, but I'm confident it will result in some substantial laughter on the other end of this here podcast microphone converting into speakers over the interwebs and miraculous technology. Um, Hillsong United. I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Uh, it's one of the, you know, it's interesting. Hillsong's got a lot of garbage in my estimation. Um, but you should go to YouTube and you should, you should search the song. So will I, and I texted it to my father-in-law this week. And I said, oddly enough, Hillsong seems to be capturing, at least in this particular song, minus the evolving lyric, they throw something in about evolution, which all right, way to pander to the masses, Hillsong. Um, but they, this song, So Will I, uh, it actually captures a lot of the awe that I think we're missing in the church. It talks about how um, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. When, you, when God breathes, a hundred billion galaxies came into existence. I mean, it's getting at some of the things that we know um, that we've been able to observe in our world and in the universe, and it's attributed them back to God as being the cause of those things. And there's really an element of awe when you, there's a lyric in there that says, when you speak a hundred billion failures disappear and you say, oh, but what if they don't really mean it? Well, that's not, I mean, when Jesus said that I have the authority or God has the authority, when they said, oh, only God has the authority to forgive sins. And he says, yo, go pick up your mat and go your way. And oh, by the way, your sins are forgiven you as well. Or maybe it was the other way around. Your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat. The point being Jesus saying, yo, mic drop, I forgive sins. Hello. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, if he really meant it. No, he's showing God has the ability to forgive sins and I am God. Uh, hence again, awe. So of all places that I never thought that I would venture in this podcast, I'm actually directing you to go to YouTube and watch So Will I by Hillsong. Probably the only one that I would tell you to watch. 
um, and and read the lyrics as they sing with no lights and you know uh, there's definitely there could be an argument made uh, in the vein of Jonathan Edwards' argumentation that there are false affections being stirred. Okay, fine. But if you read it with the content and the lyrics and you ponder it, you're going, wow, there's a lot of awe in this particular song. So I've been enjoying it. So that's the awe. We need awe. We need awe. So awe, comma, reverse birth. <laughs> and you go, well, what's reverse birth? Well, reverse birth on the surface would be death. Um, and you go, well, why the heck would you call death reverse birth? It's something I've been pondering for probably a year and a half now, maybe two. Uh, we had uh, one of my father-in-law's best friends. His wife suddenly died. She felt ill. She went to the doctor. Um, she'd felt ill for like 10 days. So she finally went to the doctor. She thought it was the flu or some viral infection. It was stage four cancer and she was dead within 10 days at like mid fifties. I mean, just complete blindsided. Um, and it got me thinking, I was like, wow, you know, death is, death is imminent. Death is inescapable. We all know this, but we patch it over with various, uh, salves and, you know, alcohol or, meth or fentanyl. And I'm not saying Christians do this. It's just, you know, humans do this. We have a, we have a tendency to really want to gloss over and try to ignore the fact that we will one day meet our end here on this earth in this life. And so we end up avoiding it. And I think as we avoid it, it, it creates a lot of anxiety in our hearts. And even for the Christian, I think it can create anxiety. Uh, then my wife's grandpa passed away. I believe what are we two? It would be it would be four years, four years this, no three, what was two thousand fifteen? Four years this October, as uh, when my wife's grandfather passed away at a hundred, and you know that gets you thinking about okay, there's another example of death, and then you know you have other family members die, other friends die, you know you turn on the news and people are dying all the time, and we never talk about it. We always just kind of kick the can down the road thinking, well, if maybe if I just kick it down the road, I'll never have to deal with it. Incorrect, ain't false, wrong answer. You're going to have to deal with it. We're all going to have to go through that passage at some point or another. Um, so it got me thinking about this concept of reverse death. <laughs> of reverse birth. <laughs> and the more I ponder it, the more it logically makes absolute sense to me. And it goes something like this. We have zero, and I repeat zero qualms and anxieties and objections to the fact that we're alive. Yet we have zero understanding, zero memory, zero contributions to our conception and birth. And you need to ponder this. We all need to ponder this reality. We had absolutely nothing to do, say, contribute. We didn't have a wish list. It's not like we were, you know, moving into a remodeled house on Fixer Upper and we have a wish list that we give to Joanna Gaines and say, well, you know, since this is going to become my permanent home, I want to be 6'5", I want to have some bulging biceps, a six-pack, some blue eyes. I Essentially, I want to look like Brandon. I want to look like the host of Chief End Podcast. <laughs> oh, podcasting. Oh, you're such a nice little side humor for me. 
It's delicious. It's delicious. Um, I want to look like the host of po- of the Chief End, original Chief End podcast, not the uh, second Chief End podcast with the archaic, pharisaical church background image. Um, the one with the really cool, modern, relevant, uh, either burning bush or hellfire imagery. Um, I want to look like the that that podcast host. So so hook it up, hook it up, God. That's what I want to look like. And I want to be born in the most affluent country in the world ever. And I want blah, 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 blah. No, we have nothing to do with it. Yet we have no qualms about being alive. And it's weird because sometime as we become older, sometime sometime as, we, as we're actually born, sometime between being born and, I don't know, being 20, 30, 40, we assume this position of this life is mine. It is mine. And I don't want to give it up and I don't want to forfeit it. And it's just absurd. The logic behind that, wherever that transition happens, it's absurd. It's pure absurdity. And so I want us to ponder, I would encourage you to ponder this concept of reverse birth. And the logic then flows out to the other end that says, well, if I had nothing to do with me coming into the world and everything has worked out, like my cells are all aligned properly. Um, you know, my organs are where they should be. I have breath in my lungs and sight in my eyeballs and hearing in my ears. And I can already hear the objections. Well, what about crippled people and blind people and deaf people and people that blah? Okay. I get it. I get, I get, I get it. Um, but generally speaking, our lives are in decent order. We had nothing to do with it. And so it follows in my mind, at least in my mind, it may not follow in your mind, but it follows in my mind logically that it would make sense that we should have no qualms about exiting the other side through the portal called death, through the portal called six feet under, through the portal called pushing up daisies, becoming worm fodder, uh, turning into ashes, being sprinkled over the Pacific Ocean, etc., etc., Um, It just seems like this is something that logically makes sense. And yeah, it just makes sense. It seems like it's, it seems like it's locked down in my particular um, category of if we had nothing to do with going into the world, we should carry no anxiety about going out of the world. God had it on the front end why should we hold anxiety that he doesn't have it on the back end? So that's reverse birth. Um, the second thing, not the third thing. So we have awe, comma, reverse birth, comma. The third thing is matching femurs. <laughs> and this applies to the scripture. This kind of puts these two together. It puts, it puts awe and reverse birth together, specifically in light of the scripture that says, what do you have that you have not received? And if you've received it, why do you brag and boast like you didn't receive it? And most of the time this applies, we apply this, we apply this as the, as the owner's manual to life. We say, oh, well, we got the leaky radiator. So, uh, you know, we, let's open it up and, you know, hey, God gave you that minivan and he gave you that three bedroom, two bath house. So, you know, hey, he's good God. Well, how does that, how does that apply outside of economically affluent cultures? What about the dude that's got a mud hut or the guy that's living in Cambodia on River City with 
350,000 other people on top of the malaria infested waters of the river. Um, how does that apply to people living in the slums of Mumbai or the slums of Manila? Like that doesn't apply. The owner's manual does not apply on that, on that front. So we, we have to take this and we can apply what do you have that you have not received. Um, and if you've received it, why do you brag and boast like you didn't receive it? We can't just take that and apply it exclusively to material possessions. Um, and you go, well, okay. And I'm saying, yeah, exactly. That's why you got to apply it to matching femurs. And that's where these two categories come together. The awe coupled with the reverse birth results in being thankful and having awe towards things like matching femurs, towards your heart that beats faithfully, towards a brain that functions semi-coherently, towards a body that moves in relatively efficient ways, to children that you that, that had nothing to do with their coming into the world, to parents that contributed to giving you life. I mean, we should have awe towards these things that we've been given that we've had no say in. Um, and we need to take them out of material possession land and we need to put them into awe categories. And I can't think of anything more uh, personal to be awed over than your actual physical body. And I think that's where it gets back to David saying, you stitched me together, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. There's awe on that front. So uh, that's the podcast for this week. Um, we're, uh, wow, short episode, only under 30 minutes, baby. I love Z's. I love Z's. So ponder these things, awe, comma, reverse birth, comma, and matching femurs. Um, I think there's a lot of good soul food to be had in pondering um, how to have awe towards uh, the Lord God Almighty because it really is in communion with an awesome God that we find uh, our full contentment, all, everything we could possibly want, more than we could want, and we should ex expend time, energy, and effort on that front uh, because it is, it will be the bulk of the of what we experience on the other side of the reverse birth. Adios.